Hey y'all, Pastor Amel here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. Uh, independence, freedom is sweet, but I would say the freedom of Jesus is far sweeter. In fact, he kind of is the reason why we have all that stuff. But that's not time to talk about all that stuff yet. First, we have to say thank you to Drew Madden who is here for a uh, Sundays with Drew. And we actually have ice cream. We finally have the life-sustaining, wonderful dairy <laughs> the product. The most important piece of this whole thing has been missing for like 70 episodes or something. <laughs> right. Um, but we are celebrating, too. It's Independence Day. So we should be celebrating the 4th of July, America, freedom, liberty, all those wonderful things. But we're also celebrating the fact that we have a new setup here that is allowing us to do video and to stream it live while we are also capturing the audio. And I had been doing some makeshift stuff with that for a while with my phone and then a couple of other things here and there. And it just, it was crummy. And Drew is such a perfectionist when it comes to audio video stuff that, uh, he went out and did all this yesterday with a new computer. We got the camera. We got this whole setup, and uh, wow. I mean, what can I say? I just see problems that drive me so crazy, and then I, I just have to solve his problems. So so all I have to do is hang around you and let you see all my problems, and you will try and fix them. I mean, I can't fix you. I can fix technology <laughs> problems, but I sure, I sure can't <laughs> fix you, man. I'm sorry. Well, I know that. That's what Jesus is for. <laughs> But I'm thankful, and so here we are on Independence Day. With uh, ice cream, good company, good friends. So, yeah, I hope, yeah. so I hope you all are, you know, enjoying your your Sunday, your hopefully your uh, fireworks last night. Oh, yeah. And um, but, of course, you know, we, uh, you know, we wouldn't be Independence Day without us, you know, recognizing and remembering those who have, you know, veterans, arm, uh, members of our armed services who have, you know, Given their time, their lives, and their yeah. fortunes to give us what we have. Freedom isn't free, as the saying goes. As the saying goes, indeed. And I am thankful for uh, all of those who have fought for freedom. I, I understand some of the concerns that people have about, you know, hey, our country's not perfect, and I agree our country's not perfect. It probably never will be yeah. this side of eternity. Although, of course, we differ on maybe all that stuff, but uh, but I think this it's, is it's the best system a pretty, we got right now. A pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I had a professor in seminary who said something like, you know, God doesn't really say what kind of government you should have, mm-hmm. but what we have appears to be the least evil of all the choices available. That we, that we have currently come up with, yeah. And so that... You know, I would agree. This is uh, this is a darn good system, and it uh, it's done an awful lot of good for me, for my family, and you know, maybe not everybody feels that way all the time, but um, I think it does do the best for the most at the moment until sure. we mm-hmm. figure out a way to do something different. But freedom is awesome, and uh, you have allowed us to have the freedom to broadcast and do all this kind of stuff at the same time. I have 
some leftovers still from our celebration last week. Which, what a celebration that was. That was quite a celebration. Um, and Creole Creamery ice cream. Oh, man. It's, it's, we it's, are it's, going to have to talk to them about sponsoring because this could be That could amazing. be a, a very sweet deal. A very sweet, <laughs> sweet Jesus deal. I have all three of the fla- – there was three flavors plus vanilla and then strawberry. Cafe au lait, chocolate amarillo cheesecake, cookie monster, which is like a combination of cookies and cream and cookie dough ice cream kind of put it's together. But not – that, that doesn't do justice to explaining it. But I've got all three of those. Drew's just got cookie monster and chocolate amaretto cheesecake. And so if you are enjoying something somewhere, it's a little early maybe for dessert for you. Uh, this is a dessert. I'm considering dessert for my breakfast. <laughs> and then we can have dessert with lunch. And then we can have dessert with dinner. So so basically you've become one of the hobbits from the Lord of the Rings, right? Second breakfast, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um So if you're uh, around and you got something sweet nearby, grab it and taste it and remember taste and see the lord is good but yes uh um, i hope you're able to um join us here live hopefully if everything is working properly i think so i got it up on uh, wonderful facebook nice yes yummy absolutely (laughs) nice we're getting live interaction we are this is so cool so cool so, today is, you know, Independence Day, Freedom Day. You know, America Day. America Day. Where we, uh, you know, essentially um, wrote a nice little missive to King George III and said, Hey, buddy, I'm sorry, but uh, we need to part ways at, at, at this particular juncture. We won't be sending any more taxes. Yeah, taxes. And, uh, oh, by the way, sorry about the tea we dumped into Boston Harbor. You know, <laughs> they weren't exactly sorry about that. <laughs> no, I think they probably not. had a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Which I think, like in today's money, the the value of of that cargo that the Sons of Liberty uh, dumped into Boston Harbor was like at least several million dollars in like wow. in, in like today's money worth of tea. It's like you know, quite a not I believe a, that not a insignificant you know blow to the you know um oh yeah no tea was a pretty hot commodity uh it was something that they were willing to travel around the world to get i mean you realize like the you know the british east india company which was you know their primary uh you know international company that collected spices tea all sorts of things from all sorts of country around the world they own they um, Britain practically fought wars to, mm-hmm. you know, be sure they had control of certain little islands in the Pacific just so they would have access to these, you know, particular natural resources. Yeah. Like Sri Lanka with, uh, you know, I forget what the um, specific tree that grows there that does. It's like a particular kind of peppercorn or something like that, you know, that um, that uh, the East, um, East India Company really want to get a hold of, so... You know, wars have been fought over, actually, there was a war that was fought over bat poop. Guano. Yeah, guano, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a very rich fertilizer. And that was about the richest source of, of potassium uh, fertilizer you could ever ever get. So, yeah. 
So, so what happened, I think, is you know, <clears throat> that's kind of why there were as many settlers here in the colonies as there were. Well, and also, because there was, it was this financial, mm-hmm. economic incentive, and then at some point, the folks that are here realize that their pawns in someone else's economic incentive program, and they're like, and they don't like it. <laughs> their tools in uh, in someone else's business, right? The the initial like you know argument from. You know, like the the first Congress was, you know, taxation without representation. Yeah, like you remember, like you know the the Stamp Act, for example, where you had a, a tax, a physical stamp on every bit of published paper in the colonies, whether it was a newspaper, a you know, a, I guess I'm saying you know, a postcard, a you know, any sort of published paper had to be taxed and people were very very upset about that that and the quartering act which at the time before the the revolution you can you you could be forced to give housing to you know your own personal house to british soldiers or or british officers to to uh, board them and that's why we now have, I believe, it's the, the Fourth Amendment. It's the Fourth Amendment. Yes, the Fourth Amendment that says, you know, you know, you shall not be forced to give uh, board to soldiers in time of war, uh, um, among other things. But, yeah. Yes. Well, it's an amazing history for sure. Amazing country and freedom, liberty not without its uh, issues at various points. Mm-hmm. But um, the, for me, the thing that, like at its core, it's ideas. You know, America's ideas and ideals are we are, really... We are literally the only country in the world that's founded on purely a set of ideals. Mm-hmm. And I think those ideals are actually what help us self-correct so when we when we don't so so the way i think we were actually constructed a lot of people don't realize this but the way our government was set up was specifically to protect the minority the minority opinion the minority voice and that's why (laughs) hardly anything ever gets done in congress because well, the tyranny of the majority, the fear of mob rule was actually far more of a concern for because they understood the hearts and minds and and the, the the ability for people to be swayed, you know, public opinion, uh, large groups of people to be caught up in in emotion and in moments and in personalities. And so it became, which is why we have a representative government. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we, you know, well, ostensibly elect, you know, people to go to the national national government and hopefully put our views into practice on legislation. Yeah. And then, of course, that takes forever and it's very slow and isn't always most efficient. But, yeah, it's what we got. And um, it's. The best system that we know of at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I have a bone to pick. You do with with certain with certain people. <clears throat> now, we don't get too terribly political on this podcast very often. Why well, I hate church people. This yeah. is uh, churches behaving badly, Christians behaving badly. I don't think you're going to get the kind of response you think out of me. But. Oh, probably not. But I'm but I'm going to try and try and fight it. Go ahead. Um, so I tend to follow a number of Twitter uh, uh, Twitter profiles. And one of them pointed, uh, and, and one of my favorite people on the internet is a guy named uh, uh, Angry uh, Angry Staffer on Twitter, and he is a former um, Capitol Hill staffer, form, former White, former White House staffer. Angry Staffer. Angry Staffer. Yeah, he's that's just their Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it, it's an anonymous account, <laughs> which you know, I mean. He, a lot of these people who, you know, say certain things or have certain opinions on the internet may, you know, have threats against their life. And, yeah. You know, on whatever side you're on. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he, uh, quote tweeted this gentleman from Ohio. Where is it? I'm looking. Um, hang on. I'm waiting to see. Yes. Okay. So he quote tweet quote, quote, uh, tweeted from this um, uh, co- congressional candidate who's running for office in Ohio by the name of Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel said the Bible and the Constitution are not supposed to be separate. And Angry Stafford goes off like, except for the part where they are literally are supposed to be exactly that. You mean? <laughs> I mean, what does what does what does Jesus say when somebody asks him about you know the? offerings to the church and the taxes to be given to caesar you know what does he say right give give unto caesar what is due to caesar and give unto god, god what, what is, is due to god yeah. yeah and and then in in the establishment clause of the constitution it says there shall be let me actually look up the establishment yeah clause yeah because so we were talking this. about that congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or the free exercise thereof yeah, it says. Uh, I'm trying to find the actual deal. Yeah, yeah. Congress make shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof. Yeah. So and so Josh Mandel is essentially he's he's trying to make it the position. That that the um, that the Bible and uh, and 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 the and the Constitution shall should be you know together, which mm. well, but here's the problem. Okay, I I understand what you're saying, right? But at the same time, if you read the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. it is very biblical. It, it Jefferson was a deist, and he does make several references to the idea of you know all men are endowed with certain unalienable rights by their creator. Creator, yeah. He doesn't necessarily, you know, go into detail on that. No, but, but the the reality is that the Bible informed just about everyone well, that was a part of the beginning of this country. Now that's not to say it, it negates what the first amendment says, Mm -hmm. but 
what we're seeing today, why people, I think, tend to get a little uh, riled up about a lot of this stuff and why there will be millions of people that, quote, tweet that with positives, you know, amens and stuff, right? is because more and more often the Bible is being pushed away and and kind of sold as this tool for oppression and evil and and get it out of here. I don't want anything. And, and they'll even go so far as to say, like, if you talk about the Bible or reference the Bible in your defense, that doesn't count. Meanwhile, every single one of those people that signed that Declaration of Independence, I guarantee you, I mean, I don't know for sure, I'm just... Like I haven't investigated each person, but I'm I'm quite sure that all of them used the Bible at some point. I mean, Jefferson their, made his own version of the Bible. Well, he did. Which is interesting. You know, he ripped out all the miracles and 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 all references which to supernatural. Should give Christians who are kind of trying to get the you know the Bible back in right vogue, so to speak, to be cautious <laughs> because whose Bible and all that kind of stuff. Right. There are issues with it. Sure, but. The idea that our founders, when they put this whole thing together, they said that this whole thing will fall apart if we don't have people that have a common set of beliefs, a common set of uh, foundational ideas about which, life. Which is why when they said it, when you, know, when you kind of set up this representational democracy, the founding fathers really only envisioned white landowning men of property mm, probably to, to be yes you know representatives in, in the government all the more reason for us to be teaching the bible everywhere we can because more and more often the people that aren't the white rich landowning of you know the right. 18th century you know the people that aren't those things even today aren't getting a lot of that you know basic foundation to life you know, and Jesus has a spot where he talks about, you know, anything, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is mm-hmm. like a man building his house upon a rock. Right. Wind comes, all these things come, and nothing takes it down. But a foolish man who doesn't do these things, it's like building his house on sand, the rain, and all the, the flood comes and wipes away the house. Great right. was its fall. So, you know, there is a sense in which we're actually depriving people opportunity by keeping the Bible, even if we, you don't, you don't have to tell them that you have to believe in Jesus. You can't right. compel them, but let's at least put it out there. And actually, you know what? Let's let's teach all the religions in a in a fair way instead of not teaching anything about the religions, because that's actually what's happening. Our country is actually unique in that this country that was so grounded in religious freedom. And, and a spiritual life that was vibrant is unlike any of the other developed nations in the world who teach all the religions in their school, where, where people actually have some kind of essence. You know, they get the essence of all of them. They see their similarities. They see their differences. And it's up to them to decide. The government isn't telling them which one. But let's at least talk about it. Why can't we talk about it? I, I would agree with that. What, what is it that's so evil about uh, Christianity and religion, and I know there's lots. I, I of think I think the thing that gets most people's goat when it comes to these kind of things is that people who aren't, you know, who are more secular in, in the population, they hear so much, 
you know, from the, you know, more Christian side, you know, constantly making references and constantly, you know, uh, you know, constantly shouting their, you know, uh, their, their views from the rooftops. And some people take it as, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, some more secular people would be like, my, my goodness, yes, I understand what you're doing, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can do your own thing without trying to shout at us and make us try to get us involved into it. Well, and, you know, Christians today, I don't think are anywhere near the kind of Christians we had 250 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think our Christian population, probably in part because of what we just talked about, about how Bible's being kind of pushed away and it's not being taught. You know, religion and morals is not being taught. Um, even Christians don't really know what they're talking about and they don't understand the essence of Christianity. So all the more reason for us to not, you know, it, it's hurting us in every way. I, I, I don't think it's helping us. And actually there's a quote here. Scott put a comment on here. He's quoting yeah. John Adams. I don't know if you saw that. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Um, I saw that, yeah. And apparently there's also two other quotes that he apparently said. As the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on a Christian religion. And then he's also supposed to have said, this would be the best of all possible worlds if there were no religion in it. So I'm not sure which of the three he actually <laughs> said. Well, did you ever you, see the... Because uh, anybody can put, like, anybody can make a, a fancy-looking quote box with a, you know image of the person who's supposed to say the quote with a nice little quote underneath yes, it. I, yeah. I, I get anybody that. can make I get that. that. But, but that is the message of many of our founders. Sure. The Federalist Papers, it's in there. Mm-hmm. And those are the ideas going into what become our founding documents. And Sure. There's a tension, no doubt. There is absolutely a tension, but you, you can't give people freedom without also helping them understand what it takes to maintain that freedom. Which is you, you can't give them freedom without helping them understand how their freedom interacts with the freedom of other people, right? So right. I am free, but I'm not free to just punch you in the mouth. Right. Because now I'm infringing upon your freedom and now mm-hmm. I go to jail. You know, I mean, that's exactly. a very simple, basic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But then also when you re- th- so so this is actually today and the so idea. And you're and you're and you're and you're going to bring up the color, the color, Lori, the color. I can't pronounce that. Corollary. Word. Yeah. That to 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 that being that, you know, people, you know, you, you, you're going to bring bring up the opposite to that is that you believe that secular people are actively trying to restrict the expression of Christians. Is, would, would that be correct? Well, that's not what I was going to say. Next, is that you... Well, I kind of take the words out of your mouth, and I'm sorry. But what, <clears throat> but what, what were you going to say? So, what I was going to say, which maybe that's connected, I don't know. That's not where I was thinking, though. What right. I was thinking was, is that freedom yeah. today is this idea that as long as I have absolutely no restrictions, then I am free. As long as there is nothing that hinders me, there, there is no, uh, no restrictions whatsoever. That, that's when I'm free. 
but actually, I think what the founders understood was that freedom was not a freedom from restrictions at all, right? Uh, any kind of free, any kind of restriction whatsoever, but choosing the kinds of restrictions mm-hmm. that help me stay the most free, and also you know maintain a a what we would hope would be an a orderly moral society, society, a moral society, society right. that allows which, people to experience freedom, right? Which is why we have laws and mm-hmm. you know and certain you know societal norms and rules that are in place. But it also they also recognized how awful government can become. In which it absolutely can be, absolutely. And how can you hold government accountable when you don't even know how to hold yourself accountable? Which is also true. Or are unwilling to hold yourself accountable. That's a very difficult thing. Or you don't even know what to hold yourself accountable to. Right, Mm -hmm. and so you you see, the more that we have eaten away at religion and morality, and actually there are some leading secular people Mm -hmm. in academia that are writing books about the fact that America needs to get religion and fast because it's destroying us. Uh, secular people. And I wish I remembered, I had thought about this before we sat down. I, I didn't. But um, there are a couple of books I could probably dig up quotes for or you know references to authors and titles that discuss that very thing. And uh, I, I think they're proving the founders correct. And as much as it bugs you, because the way they said it is maybe not right. I mean, well, it's and even more so than that. What bugs me is how some of these people running for office are may, making very performative statements to, you know, put yeah. their religion and their profession of the faith on a pedestal. Yeah. As a core part of their, as a core part of, you know, well, but what they're running on. Everybody's doing that. Well, it, it's, it's called virtue signaling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, wait, I'm like, wait a minute here. Isn't it like, didn't Jesus teach people to be humble and to be cheerful servants of their people? Well, but which is why I often say, right. You know, it's really, difficult to put Jesus in any kind of political system because is po- true. political systems by their very nature Are involve the exercise of power mm-hmm. and Jesus ultimately laid aside all of his power. Right. Which, which when you think about that, that's a pretty, you know, um, that's quite an anomaly when it comes to humans because but but it is an anomaly but do you know the only person that we know of that did that george washington george washington in his farewell address that man set us they would have made him king and and he set it aside he said nope i cannot do that because and what was it that you do you think gave that man the capacity to set aside power. Was it because they had kicked religion to the side and thrown well, the Bible away? Or because I, he had his Bible and his Declaration of Independence side well, by side? I, I would argue that he, that George Washington f- had a lot of foresight. And he, he knew that if, you know, people are very likely to be power hungry and very likely to, mm-hmm. once they have a grip on a, on authority and power and money, that they will do whatever they can yes. to keep a hold of that. He was smart. But you're missing the point. Right. It doesn't matter how smart he was. He was so smart, he probably also knew 
that they would have let him stay in power forever. Oh, for sure. I mean, he they, had the they wanted humility. to call him King George. Yeah, he had yeah. The, the new King George. Yeah, yeah, which is quite ironic, considering yeah. you just fought a war to... Trading to, one king for another. Yeah. Right? That's what humans tend to do. Yeah. So he was able to do that, I don't think because he was smart, but because he had integrity. He had things that he had. are not just taught in textbooks and in universities and all it's it comes from the metaphysical the the spiritual it it comes from a realm that we have largely discounted and i'm and i'm not saying that i Mm -hmm. think that the way it's paraded around is great i'm not saying that i i don't agree with you that i have concerns the way christians and Christianity is kind of used in politics. No, I get mm-hmm. I, virtue signaling. I looked it up because mm-hmm. I know I've said this a lot, and people look at me like, "What are you talking about?" Right. So, virtue signaling is the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue, mm-hmm. or I would add, to get people to like you, to gain influence. So mm-hmm. people that are trying to gain influence among Christians or with a certain or with the particular whatever particular section of, of the public, yes, they send tweets like what you just talked about, right? Yep. And I'm not saying that he doesn't believe that. I'm not saying that he doesn't honestly fit in with that, but I'm sure that not everyone does. I'm sure that not everyone who says things like that is necessarily doing it for, uh, you know the sake of doing it they're doing it to gain influence mm-hmm. yeah but just like on the other side they're virtue signaling all the time oh, all these for other sure. they're saying hey mm-hmm. i'm with you i believe in all these things that the left talks about for sure meanwhile what do they really believe in themselves they, they want to get as much money and power for themselves as they can which again which the more I, every, we read the every, bible everybody <laughs> wants money and power it's not just the oh, left yeah. No, I know. I mean, like, we, that's what we, I'm we, trying we, to say. We, all right. I mean, we literally had a tape come out from Greenpeace, like, what, like a week ago? <laughs> from, like, from, you know, where they taped a bunch of Exxon, uh, we taped, taped a bunch of Exxon heads, and they, and they basically went, yeah, we've got like five or six senators in our pocket, and we're literally paying them, and we call them every week to make sure they're still on our side. Yeah. Hey, are we it's okay? Like, it's like, oh, we still keep a sending look, you those a checks? Look behind yeah. the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. Oh, I know. What you said to me was, hey, Liberals are uh, and hey, I'm aren't not the only defend, ones that I'm do that. I'm not defending liberals. I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not defending them at all. Like, that conservatives sure. have that same problem. Right. Which is why as, as a Christian, I have become very... Adverse. More, yeah. I don't know, a lot more... I, I, just, I, I, I sense the warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. When people say certain things like, oh, yeah, man, it would be nice. And it would, oh, yeah. That, and I go, oh, wait a sec. But that that like, doesn't mean what that this is right. What are you actually trying to say, right? Yeah, the, I, I, they're making me feel good. Why are they making me feel good? What do they want out of me? You, you have to be very critical of, you know, who's saying what? Why are they saying it? What do they actually mean? And mm-hmm. who, in what favor are they trying to curry with whom? And, you know, if we read the Bible, mm-hmm. one of the things that the Bible teaches us, although, again, most Christians and even, 
I don't know how many pastors are even well aware of this passage, but it's been a passage that stuck out to me a few years ago, and I haven't really been able to shake it. It, it, it always seems helpful. This is after Jesus has this wedding where he turns water into wine, his mm-hmm. first miracle in the Gospel of John. And then he cleanses the temple. You know, he drives out all the money changers and all this crazy stuff. And can we just pause for a second and just say, like, how can you can you imagine being at that at that wedding party? Imagine how lit that must have gotten <laughs> when he when when Jesus literally changes all of this water and and he, and he jugs of water gallons and, or something like that. Yeah, like that had to be a really awesome party. Yeah, and I think that's actually the point. <laughs> You know, Christians have this reputation for being these stodgy, boring, uh, stuck-up, unfun people. But actually, Jesus brings joy. There's a rabbinical proverb that says, where there is no wine, there is no joy. Mm -hmm. So it equates wine and joy. And, 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 And when you look in some of the prophecies of the Old Testament... It talks about when the Messiah comes. This right. is, Jesus is actually saying, I'm the Messiah, when he does that. Because it says, I think it's in uh, Joel, that the Joel and Amos, I think, both have uh, prophecies that discuss the Messiah and wine. Mm-hmm. Right? And one of them says that the mountains will drip with wine. There will be so much wine that the mountains will just be oozing wine everywhere. Like imagine, like Willy Wonka and his chocolate river, mm-hmm. like a wine river. Which, like which that's how much joy we gonna have. Which, oh. which, 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 which def- funny you bring up that movie. The the original live action movie with Gene Wilder in that scene where they're going down a river into the tunnel. Gene was the only actor on the boat who knew what was going on. The rest of them were just were complete genuine reactions. So genuinely freaked yes, out. Yes, yes. Which I think was genius on a part of whoever directed that movie. But um, there's a they they filled their pants, as one of my old uh, professors would say. Mm-hmm. There, when you read the Greek, it would be you know they were they feared a great fear, something like that. It was a yeah. way to say like they were scared, right? right. And right. he would say they filled their pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I think that's quite you know like a that's quite a unifying you know thing about humanity that we've all gotten scared enough at some point to, where our uh, sphincter muscle was not functioning properly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, it's like I love to you know sorry to get so far off from your oh, from that's your court, fine, that's fine. But what, what were you going with? You know, you're going so, through all the miracles. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just John chapter two. He does the wedding at Cana, and then he cleanses the temple, which is a political statement. Jesus is kind of antagonizing mm-hmm. the authorities sure. there. And uh, after that, I mean, he's basically going, "Hey, y'all are in my in my father's house, and y'all ain't welcome here anymore." Bye. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then John chapter 2, verses 23, 24, and 25, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. Right. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he knew himself, uh, for he himself knew what was in man. So Jesus is actually like, hey, I want to be like Jesus. Okay, don't trust people. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what he's saying. Which, I, which is, I mean, kind of life, kind of kind of uh, life, uh, life advice for for success, right there. You know. Yeah. 
Although, it, to, but, uh, oh, see, the, the other problem with humanity is that we are naturally a very trusting bunch of people in a way. We want to be. We want to be, but yeah. humans make that very hard. I yeah I that, uh, like I mean when you think about it like you know like in your like in your sermon this morning right like you know your your uh, your relationships are are built on giving up a little bit of your independence mm-hmm. correct yeah and part of that is giving a whole heck of a lot of trust to this person or a group of persons yeah and then that's but see, that's what, scary what Jesus is saying here I think is that. You only trust people to a point. Sure. And the only trust, the only person that you ultimately trust completely is God. And if I were to make a case for belief in God. Sure. Mm -hmm. Is that if you have something else that you trust completely, it makes it easier to distrust everyone else to a healthier degree and when they break the trust that you have given them right because you give them up to a certain amount of trust you have to to sure to Mm -hmm. to live in society absolutely and when they fail you when they break that trust it's not as devastating when you have someone that you trust completely and that that is dependable and and of course, we could talk about how people. I'm sure plenty of people have reasons to go. Oh, he's not dependable. Look at right. There's all those kinds of things. But that's a very different. I mean, that's apologetics that explain and defend, and which we could certainly do. But our hourglass is very empty. much empty. Yeah. Not that we have to stop immediately. Any other uh, churches behaving badly? Christians behaving badly? Or Independence Day thoughts? Or uh, I didn't. I didn't push back too hard on you, did I? No, no, no. That's that's a perfectly reasonable um, rebuttal. Everybody's going to have, you know, their certainly a major difference of opinion there on, you know, the place of God in schools, government, etc. Um, but I, I actually, I think I mentioned this to you before. I don't think our founders ever envisioned what America is today. And so as much as I pushed back on you that, hey, no, they absolutely, the Bible and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think they envisioned what we have today. What they would have envisioned was essentially the various splinter groups cropping up in the aftermath of the Reformation and the Radical Reformation and then the continued reforming and and creation of splinter groups, Puritan groups that were then per- essentially persecuted in their homelands mm-hmm. because of established religions, right, right? Searching for ability to express that well, and, in and America be able, and be able to live as as they wished without interference, free from, people without, without interference in, from other people, and that's yeah. and that's the whole point. Yeah, is that you know you can. Do as essentially as you wish in this country, as long as a you're not interfering with anybody else's right, and b you're not doing anything illegal, mm-hmm. and you're free to do pretty much as you wish without interference from from you know from the government. So, where I was going with that, yes. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, how would you, as a Christian, not you, but right, you right. know, I, you know, theoretically, sure, 
because I had to come to this at some point because I grew up in New York and New York was not this uniform no, I mean, if, place. You, if you, like, all the different neighborhoods of New York are so, I mean, I have a very... Drastically diverse. Yeah, I, I have a very low understanding of the vast diversity of New, York, of New York City. Even, like, even the island of Manhattan itself is practically, like, four neighborhoods or five neighborhoods in the stretch of that one little space of thing. Well, there's probably more than... Oh, for sure. It's like every square block is a neighborhood. Right. And yeah. and and you were saying you don't think that the founding fathers had any concept of the not only the diversity but also the population. The yes, there are more people in New York City than were in America probably for the first I don't know several decades. Yeah, very, uh, very likely in in New York City, the five boroughs and eh, probably about the five boroughs. You have twenty times what's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. If you add the, the metro area, the New York metro area, we're talking about 20 million people. We're talking um, 20 times, so 40, like 45 times the number of people in New Orleans. And that's the big city around here. Sure. Mm-hmm. When we were in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, we were near Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore had like 250,000 people in the city. I was like, that's a city? It's like my high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, and so they didn't have any concept for that. But they also didn't have the the concept for were there Muslims and were there Jews and were there some other different people there? Yes. You know, I think Thomas Jefferson, there's some interesting stories about him interacting with, I think, Maybe it was Thomas Jefferson, maybe not. There were some uh, Jewish folks that he knew early on and had some good relationships with. They didn't have a concept that there would be an extensive population of Muslims in a variety of neighborhoods in our country, right? Where if they were running the local public school and you were in that neighborhood, whether you liked it or not, you'd be doing the Muslim call to prayer, right? And if you're in certain other neighborhoods in this country, Jewish neighborhoods, you'd be doing Jewish prayers. Now, Jewish Jews and Christians, it tends to be a little less conflict there. They tend to kind of be okay with each other's prayers. Uh, but what if you're a Buddhist or, you know, or, or something else, and, and there's a bunch of Buddhists in the neighborhood, and they right. want to do their transcendental meditation each morning, and they're going to teach you to do the Om, Om, right? And you send your kid to that public school. Do you want them to be teaching your kid how to do that? No. And that's why I think even as Christians in America, we should support this idea that, you know, let's not establish, let's, let's, we got to be more careful about the fine line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was, it, it, New York's an interesting place and it, I, I, the rest I, of the country is starting to look more and more like it. I I love the quote from George Carlin where in you know because he because you know he are he, there any bad words in it? No 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 no. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean yeah, of course everybody knows George Carlin. He's famous for the, you know the five dirty words you can't see on television, which he famously got a big giant fine from from the FTC for years ago. But he said something to the effect of, in New York City because he said I live in L.A. now and L.A. is soft. 
Los Angeles is so soft, but you know, you said in New York, it's it's a very hard city. Oh yeah, you 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 have to keep up, or you, we will trample you. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, it's the old saying too: is if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere else. If I can make it, I'll make it anywhere. But hey, I'm happy with I'm I'm I'm, gl- I'm kind of partial to New Orleans in its own special weird. It, it is kind of an interesting city, I have to say. I'm it, it's a very it's a very diverse city, and it's a very interesting and weird city for all the bad that it, it does also contain, like every other city in in in, in the country in the world, but. I do love the fact that, you know, people have such a less care of, like, you know, other people's presentation of themselves. Like, yeah, you can kind of just <laughs> do and be who you want to be in New Orleans, and nobody really looks at you twice, which is kind of nice. There is a little bit of that in New York, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, everybody knows the Naked Cowboy in, 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 in Times Square. Like, everybody knows that guy. <laughs> like, come on. You're not usually surprised. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, in, uh, did I ever tell you the story about the subway? I don't think so. So my wife and kids, we were going to Manhattan. We were, it was a Sunday morning, and we were actually trying to get to a church service in Manhattan. Ooh, Okay. We figured we would beat a lot of the rush for, for whoever would be going. It was around Christmas time, and we figured people would be going in to see stuff around Christmas time. This is a couple of years ago. Sure. And we get out of Penn Station, took the train in from Long Island, and we go to the subway. We're getting ready to get on. And there's this two two cars pull up right in front of us, so there's two separate cars we could get into with two doors. And there's a whole bunch of people waiting to go into that one. And then there's just a couple of people in front of me that want to go into this one. And the car is basically empty where that one's kind of full. So the lady in front of me or two, two, I think it was two different ladies in front of me that walked onto the subway. They walked onto the car. Onto the car on the subway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And immediately started like making faces and like covering their face and like, and I immediately remembered. Yeah. It, it was too late. Cause I was already walking as my wife oh, and four kids you were already, we're already in motion. And if you miss it and you don't want to lose any of the kids, right? Like, Oh God, oh. I can't believe I, you know, left my kid. On the right. On, platform. We're going to go platform. back. Gonna... Right. Right. And and the the one woman goes, and then the second woman she turns and goes down the car, right? And I see this enormous. I, I don't know if I should even. It, someone went to the bathroom, so somebody left an an, 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 an enormous log, Ooh. like fully formed <laughs> on the floor, and there was like a trail down the edge of the seat from like, they obviously had squatted up on I the mean, seat. You don't even have the decency to wipe. I, <laughs> so if you ever yeah. see yeah. an empty subway car on an otherwise full subway, be very, very, don't get into that one. <laughs> like be very, cause careful. it's either because something like that happened. Yes. Or it's because 
the air conditioning's not working mm-hmm. or there, there's something wrong. Like there's a right. reason why no one's on that car. <laughs> right. You know, people aren't generally that stupid. Yes. <laughs> so, and then we're on there and, you know, I, at first it was, you know, this horrified look. Just like, what? Oh, and then you smell it. Like it filled the car. The oh, stench. sure. Of course. Like even, even worse than uh, a really ripper, uh, like a, an absolute ripper of a fart in an enclosed space. I'm sure it was a hundred times worse. Oh, it, it was worse. And then as soon as, after the initial shock and horror, yeah. I was like, oh, God, I love being back in New York. <laughs> you know, it was like just <laughs> because oh, you will see goodness. everything, anything that you could ever possibly see, you will see in New York and you will see the people do it. I will say, though, yes, New Orleans does present some new boundaries. It, mm. it crosses some new boundaries. I mean, New Orleans is about the only place in the world where you can see a guy with the brown paper bag in his hand, day drinking at a bus stop at 10 o'clock in the morning. Or, you know, maybe they have this in New York, and I just don't know it, but there was some uh, parade in the beginning of June mm-hmm. that they were actually going to have this year where it was, like, naked and unashamed, basically, like, as oh, it's the, as uh, bare as you dare or they, something like that. They have the naked bike ride. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's some, that's, I'm like, that's a sight to... That's mm, a thing, huh? That's a thing. <laughs> we didn't go, but... Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because New Orleans has a very vibrant and a very kind of, kind of big, you know, uh, uh, queer population and, you know, people who, you know, yeah. yeah. LGBTQ. And, yeah. Yeah. Like New Orleans yeah. had the pretty vibrant community in, in that regard. And yeah, they, they do tend to be, uh, a, a good bit more open in, in, in that city. Cause you know, obviously I mean, it's New Orleans yeah. kind of anything goes right. Yeah. Let the yeah. times roll, baby. But, New York is not that, you know, well, New York is also, I mean, dude, you, you I mean, you show up in Hell's Kitchen you're on a bicycle naked, you're probably going to go and get your butt kicked. So <laughs> I, I think that kind of counts a little bit into it. I mean, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, Maybe. I mean, you certainly don't so, show up under, you know, some Italian grandmother's balcony and, and neighborhood. She'll, she'll snitch on you to everybody else. And then you're going you're gonna to have some trouble late, later that night. Bourbon Street around Mardi Gras is. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thank you. Scott. I, I have yet to experience that, but uh, my guess is I have Ooh, an idea. A mess. Also, hey, my my eternal gratitude. Like I don't live in New Orleans, but my eternal gratitude to sanitation workers of New Orleans, <laughs> especially in Mardi Gras season. Good grief! I'm sure they got to deal with some nasty stuff. You never think of how important they are until until you got to deal with an absolute mess. You ever like, see uh, Monk? TV show yes, have I mentioned I, Monk yeah, before? Yeah, my mom used to watch all all of Monk. Oh yeah. So there's an episode. He's this obsessive compulsive detective guy. Yeah, he's uh, kicked detective. off the force because he's way too. Uh, his, his mental illness is really bothering him so that he can't even function properly as a police officer. But he becomes this consultant, and he's always about be, making things clean, and he doesn't like germs and and so right. he's a thing with garbage. He sorts his garbage a very specific way. Well, there's one episode where the garbage truck drivers or sanitation workers union Mm -hmm. is on strike Mm -hmm. and the city is becoming a mess. And it's like, it's just hilarious. You got to see how he, and and then he's on the corner afterward thanking them. Thank you. Thank you for your service. You make our lives so wonderful. (laughs) Like the way that we would normally celebrate 
you know, like on Independence Day, on Freedom Day, right? The way we'd ind- we would celebrate our veterans, and we would celebrate our active mm-hmm. uh, duty and retired military, and our those who, you know, obviously Memorial Day is more about mm-hmm. those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. But uh, he 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 had that right. kind of thank, fervor for sanitation work. Thank yeah, thank your thank your trash collectors people because without them, humanity would certainly go to hell in a handbasket extremely quickly. In New York, there are a lot of people that, and are, and I think the sanitation workers in New York are probably the best paid in the world. Very on, on Long Island, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of people I know that around Christmas time and other holidays, and even if you just ask them to do something special, even if it's accepted, even if it's normal, they tip them. And they tip them big. Like mm. more than 20, I mean, I've 50, 50 bucks per guy. Sometimes you got the, the same two or three that kind of rotate through. Right. And, uh, hey, um, hey, this um, is for you. This is for you. This is for you. It's uh, no joke. No that's joke. Interesting. They, they take care of their sanitation. You got to because New York City is a dirty city. <laughs> it's I mean, not the cleanest. Shoot, back, it wasn't so long ago that, you know, you, know, you had the first cholera outbreak because. Uh, was it in the city of Philadelphia? I believe it was. Like, like it had a massive cholera outbreak that was tied into to the water system at this one particular water pump. That one of the first, like you know, founders of like modern, like public sanitation. I forget what the guy's name was. He was a medical doctor, and he had figured out that the women that were getting cholera and passing it around were all getting their water in this one specific yeah. pump in this yeah. one specific water water well in the city. And he and he started investigating all of that, and come to find out, you know, it was it was getting uh, it was getting infiltrated by sewage. Mm, there you go. So yeah, public sanitation is not an easy thing to keep up with. But I don't know how we got mm. onto this topic all the way from. from I July, don't know either. It must be must be time to go. Must be. But hey, thank you for the ice cream, Pastor Emil, and it's always. Hopefully, and this will be the first of many. Thank you for this setup. This is. Uh, no joke. Yeah, I, I hope I hope you all are enjoying it on the live stream. Uh, we aren't always this random, but we no, we are. Don't lie, <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> it is what it is. Somebody out there's got to enjoy it. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. I'm sure they will. But hey, good to be with you. Good to be with you, Drew. Drew Madden. Thank, Thank you for you. your time. And, and, and thank, thank you, you for well. your service and your contribution to this wonderful set of technology and these means of uh, communicating things with the entire world, distributing. See, you're all upset about the Bible and the Constitution, and, and here we are getting the Bible. I mean, some somebody call Jesus, me a, somebody, uh, somebody call me a you know, being a bit uh, antithetical to the to the things on on which I on you, which I you may could stand. be considered insane. Uh, oh, absolutely! <laughs> as, as much money as I've as I've probably spent here, but <coughs> but you know, hey, I I saw a, a need, and you know, my skills are you know my skills are what they are, and I figured I could best fix that. So, so feedback for you, yes, sounds crisp, clean, and excellent. Wonderful, thank you. That's from Open Arms Church. Beautiful. Must be Robin or Sean or... Or Laurie. Laurie or, or Lisa or Lisa. who else is on there? I'm not. So I know that much. It's either Lisa or Laurie. <laughs> it's, 
but Laurie is likely to want to be listening to this the, the most observantly. And you're kind. Who's kind? Whatever. Hey, Whatever. great to be with you. God bless you. <laughs> We're uh, hoping for many, many more like this, maybe slightly more focused, oh, maybe sure. not. Tell us what you want us to uh, talk about, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Have a wonderful Independence Day. And y'all Celebrating well. freedom, celebrating our country, and uh, if you want to celebrate freedom, just remember that uh, make sure everyone around you is experiencing freedom the way you are, and uh, you will likely... Remain free as well. It right. takes it takes work. Our arm, uh, there's a guy named Niemöller in Nazi Germany who had the quote like, first they came for the trade unionists, and I wasn't a trade unionist, and I said nothing, and then they came for this person, I said nothing, but then they came for me, and there's no one left to speak for me. Mm-hmm. Of course, Martin Luther King, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. So, Absolutely. Keep that in mind today and every day. God bless you. We'll catch up with you soon. See you.